Hello and welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers, the podcast for people who are curious about how to have a more fulfilling work life. We live in a world largely driven by numbers, logic and reason. But how we feel at work and about our work impacts us, our organisations and society. There is a relationship between the numbers of our organisations and the life beyond the numbers. I'm Susan Michrielon, your host. I've lived and worked in many countries. I've met people who love what they do and people who don't, people who bring their full selves to work and people who won't. But one thing that I've learned that is common to us all is that we are all unique and have unique experiences. And it's helpful to know that there are others who think like we do, or have had struggles too, or have gone where we want to go, or can show us things we didn't know. So join me and my guests as we place a lens on the human side of work life by sharing insights, stories and strategies to inspire you to let your uniqueness shine through. Well, today I am delighted to be joined by Natasha Tomlinson or Tasha. So Tasha, you're so welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. So Tasha, we all love a good story. Absolutely. I don't know anyone that doesn't love a good story. And I think we like to hear about things that we've maybe thought about doing ourselves and we've never been brave enough, or maybe we just like to hear a different perspective on something we've done. But I saw one of your stories on LinkedIn and I was kind of blown away. I was like, wow. (laughs) So please tell us the story I'm talking about. Oh, blimey. Okay, so I sort of hit a bit of a crisis in my career. I'd, I'd got to a point where... I wasn't really enjoying what I was doing and not through any fault of anyone else. I literally just, I think I've been doing it for so long. I just thought, what am I doing and what benefit is this giving to anybody? So I went to a life coach who was a friend of a friend and sort of spoke to them about what I was wanting to do. I went to university and did psychology and did a master in psychology and I sort of veered off into accounting, as you do when you're young. Yeah. You know, someone <laughs> offers you a job, you go, yes, of course I'll have that. Thank you very much. So I sort of went I knew in heart of hearts I wanted to go back into psychology. It was just my passion. So I thought if I could do something that allowed me to go back into that that field would be absolutely amazing. Obviously, having 20 years or so of, of accounting under my belt, it was really, really difficult to walk away from a very solid career. And I think I wanted from the life coach probably validation just someone said go for it (laughs) you know you're not being stupid you're not being crazy just go for it and she she I don't believe in psychics and astrology and all that sort of stuff but she sent me off to an astrologer and said go and see her she's really really good and I was very very skeptical so I had a very brief phone call with this with this lady who took my date of birth and place of birth time of birth that sort of stuff but absolutely nothing else about me at all I went to see her and the upshot was, she said there was two different sort of charts. One was a star chart, one was a soul chart or something like that. But they were in conflict, which just pretty much explained me. So, and she said, if you aren't already, you should be working in psychology or, or that sort of field. And I was taken aback really, because I, 
I had given her no information at all about what I wanted to do. And I assumed the life coach hadn't either. So it was quite detailed. And she said that you're going to completely change what you're doing. But she said, don't rush. Whatever you do, do not rush. The first, you know, you're going to be self-employed, but please don't rush. This will find you and within three to five years you will be doing exactly what you want to be doing you'll be really really happy and you'll be running a successful business and in in charge of your own future and we're now three years on and I am (laughs) so it's a little bit crazy but (laughs) oh oh my god I mean there's so much in there but continue the story so where are you now then what's happening So um, that was January oh 2019 so I left my job and I started doing a postgrad diploma in transaction analysis. So topping up my knowledge from my master's and my, and my BSc that I had in psychology. And that was signed up for a three-year course. On that course, I met my now business partner who had a background in education. And between the two of us, like, well, I want to work with children. You want to work with children. I've got finance background. You've got education background. Between the two of us, we could set something up that'd be absolutely fabulous allows we can offer something very very bespoke that gives people you know young people something that isn't on offer at the moment it's because there's a lot of young people that don't quite fit into the education system mainstream aren't quite extreme enough to be in the alternative school provisions so it's that something in between so we set the business up I took charge of the property conversion and we we set up what is now a therapeutic center so we have children come to us who struggle in school whether they've got just social anxiety or on the ASD spectrum what's ASD Uh, so autism autism spectrum so yeah so they could it could be one of many reasons or the trauma in the life so yeah yeah, so and they're kind of falling between the cracks almost is it like so they're not in the level to be in mainstream education or they can't cope with that and then they're not severe enough to be in care absolutely yeah so yes they can't go to alternative alternative school that specializes in whatever is troubling them so we provide a safe space so they come to us instead of going to school or a combination of both yes we set that that up and the business has grown from there really because we are so bespoke we work with local special educational need department sort of for the local authorities and we work with schools there's all sorts of different people and we've got obviously parents who who contact us and we work with them privately as well but we've just expanded because the the demand is just there because there's no one else who can go right this is the person what do they need as opposed to right this is the school let's fit them in there or this is you know whatever, whatever they, they're doing so we've set up a special tuition service which specializes in SCND so how we approach tuition at home is different to how you'd normally have a, a tutor come in and go well let's do maths for an hour we'll make it a little bit easier for them to deal with so that started in September and we got asked the question so what next so we said you know the center was sort of mostly year so so age 13 to 16 and then it was like well what next they can't they can't cope in mainstream what do they do next <laughs> you know so I sat down and went yeah what do they do next and what what can we do to help so we've registered as AQA providers which is an alternative it's more vocational qualification to GCSEs and A-levels and we've we've set up an employability provision so we have we've we've based it around catering and hospitality because a lot of the, the young people love love cooking and it's a life skill they need so if they do it 
you know, it's fine, but we've also got the, the employability around learning to budget for things and customer service and all that sort of stuff. So that started in September and that's already almost full. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so we're getting a lot of referrals for people who've gone, you know, they've managed to get the GCSEs and they've gone to college and they've literally dropped out in the first week because it's just too big, too noisy. They can't cope with it and they need something else. Wow. So the plan for the provision is that if they stay with us for two years, they'll have almost like a built up booklet CV with all the qualifications and skills that they need. But they might not have have a, a certificate, you know, an A-level certificate. But they've got these AQA certificates that show what they've actually able to do because we've seen it, observed it and documented it. Wow. So I want to talk more about that, but I want to go back a little bit as well, because you talked about your soul and your stars being <laughs> misaligned. Have you ever gone back to the astrologist to find out more? Did you keep it in mind or did you dismiss it? You know, you said you were sceptical. So what, what? I was scared. Yeah, I was sceptical, but I was also right. Well, the life coach has said, just go for it. And this lady said, that that's what you should be doing and I think I just needed to listen to myself a little bit more you know I knew I was unhappy I knew I didn't want to do what I was doing anymore I wanted to do something that was a bit more fulfilling worthwhile and gave something back to the community so I think it just gave me that little bit of a shove that I needed I'm not saying I was overly confident anything happened but I sort of went, went with it I thought do you know what what's what's the worst that could happen I have to go and get another job and go back into accounting or whatever but at least then I've given it a, a go I couldn't see myself for another 30 years doing the same thing going oh my god I don't want to be going to work today yeah which is horrible isn't it I mean when you reach that situation where you're like I don't want to be going into work today if you had your time or or what would you say to someone that feels like that now Tasha (laughs) I do it all the time (laughs) (laughs) brilliant just look at me you know my life's changed it really has completely turned around and I enjoy every day every day is completely different it, you know sometimes it's stressful sometimes I have to do stuff I don't like doing but you know overall it's amazing I can you know take a day off if I want to if the sun's shining or work from on my laptop in the garden or you know it's up to me what I do as long as the business is running and everyone's happy we've obviously increased the number of staff we've got so I've got an awful lot of people to look after and make sure that they're happy and they're And the one thing I've been very, very clear about, Luke and I have worked together very clearly, is to make sure that the the employees that we've taken on are happy in what they do as well. So making sure they get all the support and they've got the the environment they want to work in. So they want to come to work every day because it's very important for for the young people that they've got a team around them of adults who are happy. Absolutely. I mean, and and for all the adults to work together, being happy as well, or actually being able to talk about stuff openly or whatever it is. Yeah. But w- one of my previous guests way back, it's like, I don't know, episode, it's about it's metamorphosis. And he started out as a psychiatric nurse and John Chinook. And um, he said, like, he was a bit of a capitalist and it didn't pay much. So somebody convinced him to go into accounting by saying to him, numbers don't make decisions people do and actually it's all about behavior numbers and everything so were you able to bring that psychology side of yourself into your life with numbers if you know what I mean 
I did. So I was an auditor, so it was all about working in teams. I could be working with a team of two people or a team of you know 20. It just depends on the size of the company we were auditing. So it was all about that. And the firm I worked for for 18 years, they were very people orientated. So it was all around, we did an awful lot of mentoring, a lot of career counselling. I, I spent a lot of time working with the graduates that came in and the undergraduates who came on you know internship with us. So it's, it's all about that relational part and making sure that everyone's happy if you haven't got a happy team the job doesn't get done officially (laughs) which spills over into the numbers doesn't it so it's it everything's absolutely joint it really is and you know we do have this image of finance people not being people people and some Mm. finance people definitely play to that as well but you know people are just people they absolutely are yeah yeah. So so my role you know, as partner of an audit firm, I was having to obviously keep all my team happy, keep the general office employees happy. And then you've also got your client as well. So there's obviously a whole other organization of people you need to keep happy from the FD right down to your accounts payable person that you might have to be speaking to. So it's it's been able to be approachable enough so that you can actually have those conversations with the people, whatever level in the organization they are. Mm. Um, mm. And so then the numbers almost fade into the background. It's more about the yeah the business and everything. You also said something about the person and what do they need, and that's what you're about now. I think it's it's this bespoke approach to looking at an individual whose society is almost casting aside. Yeah, and and working with them to play to their strengths like with with anyone yeah what what where's the gap in society's vision of these people or you know what why is the world like this Tasha why do we cast people aside I think because it's very difficult to approach every single person individually and there's just not enough time and not enough people not enough money so I think what we try and do is have a conversation when when young people come to us and say we're in crisis what do do? I've got a dog barking at me. Hello. Um, <laughs> sorry. The dog has just appeared on the benefit of working at home but yeah so you know we we will have a, a, a conversation with the parent with the with the school with the other professionals around to make sure that we completely understand the individual and then we'll say right okay what do you want so I had a meeting yesterday with a with a young person who's just can't cope she, you know he's gone to college and just went for a couple of days and just that's it so we had a conversation with with mum and him and said well what what do you want and the answer was I don't know (laughs) so so we're we're putting together a package that allows them to get a bit of therapeutic help a little bit of let's do a bit of the employability and see which bits of that you actually enjoy so we can sort of scope out what you actually want to do with your life and you know then we can flex it as you move on as you get more focused on what you actually want to do we can then put a, a different package together so it's a different yeah. approach. It's rather rather than having these are the options, which one you're going to go for. It's like this is the person. What can we offer? Wow! And how do parents respond to this, then, Tasha? They absolutely love it. <laughs> obviously, I, we work with the young person, but we obviously work with the family as well because whatever's going on for the young person is impacting on the family. And I've had it myself, you know, personally with my with my daughter, and the anxiety and levels in the household are just so high because the, the young person's been in the bedroom for three years. You know, they, they won't even come out of the room. Some of the young people we work with 
the first steps are you sit outside the bedroom door and you talk to them through the door wow. <laughs> because you need to build trust and that could take three or four months before they even open the door to you and then it's about then trying to get them out of the room and then out of the house and then build the confidence and then you go from there so and I've got one I've mentioned earlier she's off to York University on Sunday and I've been working with her for about a year and a half and she was written off she was really poorly all through high school, so wasn't able to attend. She had a home tutor and stuff. They just said she won't be able to cope on her own. You know, there's no way she'll go to university. And we've worked on social confidence. We've worked on her physical ability. So we've been swimming. You know, we've take, I've taken her swimming quite a lot. And we've done everything to try and get her physically fitter to go. We've done trial runs to York so she knows how to get onto the transport, how to get around. We, we sort of test out how far she could travel before she got too tired. So all those sorts of things. And then making sure support with the parents that she's got the provision she needs when she gets there. So that's a really good story because she's gone from... No, she won't get out of the house too. She's off to university. Which I'm and what's she from. going to study? Apology. <laughs> Amazing. Interestingly, I think because she's she's highly intelligent, she's high high functioning, and she's just you know every topic we've talked about, she's gone off and read a book on it. So she's probably <laughs> she's probably more knowledgeable than I am on most subjects now. So so she's also like been able to help herself that way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's taking control of, well, actually, if you say this, I'm going to go and read about it. Yeah. And and, and more. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I wonder, amazing what the future will have in store for her and how she'll help the world. Yeah, and I, and it's like having my, my, baby, my baby's been launched into the world. So, you know, we're going to keep in contact and she's going to let me know how she gets on because I've also got someone else I'm working with who's hoping to go to York University next year. So I've linked them up so they can talk to each other. So there might be a support network if, she, if they both get to the same place. So you mentioned, Tasha, that kids can go, children, teenagers, whatever, will lock themselves in their bedrooms and possibly mm-hmm. for years And is that a social anxiety type approach or what causes me to go and lock myself in my bedroom? Safety. They don't, they feel a threat. So whether they've got autism or or social anxiety or whatever it is, or or general trauma, for some reason, something's happened that's meant that they don't feel safe outside of their own environment, whether that be the the bedroom or just the house. Um, I've worked with another young person who we started working with them in January and she was a school refuser. She wouldn't come out of her bedroom. We've been working with her. She's been coming into the, into the centre. We've sort of got her out of the house and into the centre and gave her a routine and a purpose and her sleep patterns got better. And we're now trans- transitioning her back into school. She's in year 10, so it's obviously fundamental for her to get in if she's going to do her qualifications in school. So you know, that's, that's a really good story in terms of sort of trying to build that trust so they feel safe enough to come out with you and then, and then do all that therapeutic work with them in the centre to then help them be able to better cope with the school environment and so if there is a parent listening to this who recognizes what we're talking about mm-hmm. what do they do how do they because I, I think I just thinking like what would have my parents have done and it's like get out of the room come on you know <laughs> and with the, with the absolutely trying to do the right thing but it must be very hard for parents to cope with something like this. So what do they do? Where do they go, Tasha? For for support? Yeah, or even to yeah. like see that, that other kids do this or to find yeah. out what's the next step for them to take. What it is, it is so difficult and it really depends on the individual young person and what it is that's causing the anxiety or, or keeping them in the bedroom. 
first point of contact has got to be the doctor, the GP, because obviously they can get referrals. If they're not local to where we are, then it's it's I don't know what else what the provisions are there, but obviously for around here, there's us, there's like kids charity, there's quite a few different sort of national organizations. If it's autism, obviously National Autistic Society, they've got loads of support networks and stuff like that. So there's various help out there mm. that can be signposted. Yeah, and I, I, I suppose I think that often with anything like this, we we think we're alone. We think that no one else is going through something like this. And yeah. it's it's actually opening up, isn't it? It's other people have overcome this, other people have dealt yeah. with it, you can too. Yeah. And it's allowing other people into the conversation. Not yeah. just keeping it in the home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it does escalate because if you're, if you're a school non-attender, you'll have, you know, all sorts of officials knocking on your door. So it's like, oh, help me. You know, who do I go to? Where do I go? You've got, so there's Young Minds, which is a brilliant organisation. There's loads of different things. There's, there's loads of apps that you can get downloaded onto phones now. So if they can't get out of the room, they can at least access the help themselves. So there's and a lot you know, I know you had you said that you started in January 2019, was it? 2020, we, sorry, yeah, tw- no, 2021 was the business up, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. I mean, so you don't know if there was a difference between pre-COVID and post-COVID, you know, did people being locked up in their homes impact? I think it's always been there. I think just, obviously, we started in, in the midst of COVID, but I think... So my daughter, for example, she 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 was year seven when she was self-harming. So well before COVID, refused to go to school. She just couldn't cope. And she, she's got chronic depression. And COVID just made that worse, to be fair. So there's a lot, a lot of a lot of young people who were struggling before and struggle after. And there is the acute problem of COVID and the fact that people were told to stay in their rooms. And you've got your typical teenagers who are quite happy to stay in their rooms and continue to do so because it was fine for a couple of years. So there's added issues now but it's always been around mm-hmm. and you talked about the person going off to New York University and somebody else yeah. going are there, there you must have other stories of people who've been almost left aside by by everyone hopeless cases yeah who, who else have you helped well we've got so so we, we keep our our center fairly minimal in numbers so Pretty much everybody who's in the centre at the moment is have been school refusers, so out of education for two or three years, and they are now with us. They all usually start signing up for one day a week and then increases to two days a week. So we've got one one young young individual who had been at school for three years and he is now with us for four days a week. And so we're sort of now looking at what, what the next steps could he transfer across to employability or what do we do with you know, to help him and give him tuition. We've got one young individual who was wasn't attending school high school at all he literally sat his maths and English because he had to because he was trying to access another college course and the college pulled the course he actually wants to be a professional chef so he's he's loving the fact that he's now five days a week with the employability team and he's cooking and you know, learning all sorts of amazing skills for the kitchen so he's getting that one-to-one tuition that he would not have got at college and if he hadn't have come to us he would still be in his bedroom wow so Gosh, it's frightening, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's really frightening. And oh my, I've lost my train of thought because I went off with him into Sorry. the kitchen and I was like, wow. <laughs> but um, 
It's a business. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You're running a business. It's not a charity. It's not a non-profit. It's a, it's a business. So how does it work then, Tasha? Like how have you set up a business? Who pays? So anyone who has... Um, who, who wants our services can can get us. We work an awful lot with the local authorities, so Polonius Riding Councils. We work an awful lot with the schools, so schools will go, I've got an on-attender or I've got someone who's... We tend to work in, in the centre, we tend to work with sort of high anxiety, low behavioural, because um, obviously we don't want it to be a threatening environment for the other students. So anyone who's really not working very well in school or have kicked off, but that's not normal for them. So... We'll get them in. So schools will pay for us. They'll pay for the students to come. So they obviously they get funding for people with SCND or if they've got a whatever budget they pull it out. Yeah, so it, yeah, it can come from anywhere. So we've got virtual schools, which is where you've got looked after children, so children in care, and and we've actually got young people from other counties that have been transferred into the East Riding, and we've taken them on because it can take such a long time when someone's transferred into county to to then place them in a school. And obviously the trauma that goes around moving is quite high. So putting them straight into a school probably isn't the right answer for them anyway. So we'll take those sorts of young people on as well and help them and develop their their confidence. And how many people do you have working for you now? We've got 32 working for us. <laughs> wow. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. And yeah. pretty and crazy. <laughs> And what kind of people then come, who works for you? What kind of people? We've been really, really lucky to be fair because we've had people approach us, people have heard about us and asked to come and work for us. We've got a multidisciplinary team, so they're all wellbeing practitioners or qualified counsellors or psychotherapists, but we've got yoga teachers, we've got people who've been trained in mindfulness, we've got a couple of photographers. So when we go out and do walks, they can do, let's look at this from a different perspective and see through the camera lens, that sort of thing. We've got qualified nurses, we've got social workers ex-head teachers so, so we've got an, an ex-assistant head who's heading up the tuition service for us yeah yeah so obviously my, I'm a finance background we all pull together we've all got different skill sets we all have massive team meetings everyone gets together once every six weeks and we get someone in to do an external talk on a, a topic which which really helps the development of the team but obviously everyone there is really committed to people that everyone is an individual and has needs and wants and deserves dignity because I think this is very much what it's about it's dignity yeah. isn't it yeah absolutely you know we're putting ourselves in a position of being a very trusted person for that young person so we need to be sure that all our team members are robust enough and can fulfill that role because it can be very damaging if you get the wrong person absolutely you know, so. yeah absolutely so you start with 13 year olds that's the youngest, is it? No, no, no. We can go from naught to 25. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. So the youngest youngest we've worked with so far is a, well, she was, she was three when we started working with her. And we've we've been working with her for a year and we've just transitioned her into nursery, well, into sort of preschool. Wow. A three-year-old that, wow. Gosh, yeah. I like, yeah. I mean, there's so much that goes on in the world, I think, that we're oblivious to. You kind yeah. of assume when you're able-bodied yeah, yeah. and able-minded that everyone else is. And actually today, funnily enough, we're recording this on Friday, September 23rd. And today is my late sister's anniversary. 
And my sister Aoife was born severely mentally and physically disabled and mm. she never lived with us. I mean, she lived with us as a baby, but she never spoke a word in her life. She never took a single step. And she lived in a, a home where they looked after. I mean, they were incredible what they did with her. And she's 11 years dead today. And I, I was really amazed that we were having this conversation today because, you know, my sister, people treated her with dignity and they were amazing. And and it's very hard to communicate with somebody who doesn't communicate back. And that was very hard for me. But it's yeah. also a reminder every year how important it is to use voice yeah. when we get to have like one and, and, and to do what we can do because my sister had no choices in life. Yeah. And yeah. being able to empower others who society says are of no use or whatever is it's an amazing thing to do, Tasha. Thank you. <laughs> It really is. And so where is next? I mean, is this something that you can take nationwide? Have you thought about it? Yes, we have. And that's, yeah, that's a conversation Luke and I have on a, on a regular basis. How, I think we would love to have it nationwide. I think if we do that, we run the risk of losing that bespoke personalised because, yeah. you know, Luke, Luke and I are very hands-on and we're very close to the team and we know every single young person that we work with and I I think we would struggle to keep that personalized approach if it was we would love to have it national because it's there's a need for it but <laughs> but there's yeah. no reason why other people can't do what you're doing no absolutely not no no but if we could find a way of finding people like-minded people who wanted to do something and we could help set them up in different areas I think I think the worry is then how do we how would we be able to control the quality and the, the service and make sure that they're doing exactly what we'd want them to do without being literally there. <laughs> oh, the controlling accountants. I know, I know. So, yeah. um, but obviously the therapeutic centre is full, although we've only just started employability, I think that'll be full by Christmas. So the next steps, I think, would be to get more premises, wow. uh, more premises locally, so through Holland East Riding. And if we get to the borders of East Riding, we can then service Leeds and York and or go down into North Lincolnshire so wow. that we can help, help more people. So when you look back now at where you were before you met the astrologer and where you are today, <laughs> <laughs> would you advise someone to go to an astrologer? <laughs> Absolutely, if you don't know what you want to do. Well, you do, but you just want someone to give you permission. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> I it is it's... about that, isn't it? It's the permission piece often. I, I don't know if it's for everyone, but I think women, certainly, we feel like we need permission from someone. And I speak for yeah. myself. I felt yeah. that, like, I need someone to give me permission, which is ridiculous. Absolutely. And taking that step back and actually listening to yourself. I think for me, I was so, so busy with my old job that I didn't have two seconds to breathe. And I had to get to the point where I was paying everyone else to run my job. You know, I had someone to look after the kids. I had a gardener, I had cleaners, someone washed my car. You know, whatever I wanted doing, someone else did it for me because I was too busy working. It wasn't my life anymore. And it wasn't until I actually stopped when I need to, I really need to think about what I actually want to do with my life and actually listen to how I was feeling. And it was that sort of knot in my stomach that kept telling me that I wasn't right, but wasn't sure what was wrong <laughs> so it was having that ability to have that self-reflection and go actually I'm not happy and I need to do something about this because I could not do this for another 30 years 
and then it's having the confidence and you know the guts to go okay well courage yeah let's have a go yeah the courage to go let's have a go if it goes wrong I'll, I'll be okay you know I'll be able to find another job it's not a problem but I need to give this a go and your accounting buddies do they all think you were crazy do you know what <laughs> I'm not kept in contact with any of them oh wow my life, my life my life has changed so much that yeah we just don't move in the same circles anymore yeah that, yeah good or bad it's not it's not a bad thing it's not you know yeah, it's just it's a, just the world has moved different on people different you know I do have some that I keep in contact with from you know a long time ago but on Facebook and stuff but no one I actively see anymore yeah which yeah. is interesting because I've changed as a person so yeah and there is life beyond the numbers yes <laughs> both of us can attest to that I think <laughs> but if if somebody listening would like to hear more Tasha or get in contact with you even no matter where they are I mean is that something you're open to absolutely yeah yeah definitely and how would they do that we'll put some details in the show notes but what's the best way of connecting with you either through LinkedIn send me yeah. a message or you can go on the, our website and you know send us a message we've got Facebook as well so you can send us a message on Messenger which is Life Skills hub.co.uk yeah yeah cool and I also wanted to say that it was a former guest who introduced us actually so Paul (laughs) Wright he did episode 88 a lifeline and afterwards I I ask all my guests to recommend somebody else who would talk to me and he said that Tasha had one of the the best stories and of purpose that he had come across and so he introduced us and so thank you Paul if you're listening yes thank you (laughs) so Tasha look thanks so much for coming here today and talking about all of this and it's fascinating and it's so that that person-centered approach is yeah I, I get what you mean that we can't do that for everyone but I think we can incorporate that more into our lives and look at the person and what they want and not think about these are the options where do you fit yeah absolutely yeah so thank you for your time welcome and thank you for uh, again. <laughs> yeah. and all the best with with this take care right. brilliant thank you Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the paths we traversed on today's episode. If something rang through for you, be sure to let me know. Or maybe you can share this with someone in your life who would benefit from listening too. And if you enjoy helping others, I'd be so grateful if you would leave a review so that people who might also be curious about their own life beyond the numbers can discover this podcast too.